Hello. Hi. Uh, welcome, listeners, and welcome, Ben, to A Bell Chimes. Hello, everybody. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. So, yes, my name is Ben. I am the uh, illustrator for uh, Somewhat Book Publishing, and therefore, I suppose my main connection to Best Left Buried is that the art of the um, original work is uh is mine so that's sort of my claim to fame but uh yes i'm going to be uh taking part in this in this podcast playing sort of uh multiple characters and interjecting to do impressions and stuff like that to make things absolutely clear from the start you're in on everything yes i am as we're recording we've just had a uh, an extensive session planning the next few adventures so Ben is mostly going to be playing NPCs uh, in the long run, but in the short run, would you like to introduce your present character? Ben? So yes, uh, the first character that I'll be the, the, kept playing in this episode is Arawan Tank, who is a veteran crypt digger and also a follower of Taurus Earth, or more colloquially known as Bagel Earth, which is a religion which is practiced among some in the in uh, the world of Best Left Buried. Like, not in the main canon, just this is something yes, we've, uh, something we've incorporated. We've with it. it is not Best Left Buried TM canon, but uh, it is nevertheless uh, something that we've been, we've been using and that are in our little corner of, corner of Best Left Buried. So in future, I imagine we'll be more precise about character details because I'll have a particular character template that needs to be filled out by guests because we will of course be having guests. sooner rather than later be having guests isn't that exciting it certainly is i am um, more details on that soon very much looking forward to to meeting some of our guests and having them on the show yeah we've got some exciting people lined up for you definitely lots of the queue is out of the door for people that really want to get on the show which hasn't had an episode released yet so trying to Watch the space. To pin down James Acaster. Ben, is there anything else that you would like people to know about you? So obviously, I have primarily been illustrating for um, Best Left Buried and some of the Soul Muppet projects. But uh, obviously, I'm a uh, love uh, art in general, and um, I'm always open for uh, projects and commissions. If any listener is interested. Oh, do you have a website? Um. An email address? I, Twitter? <laughs> I have my Twitter, which is at IllustratorBB. You can contact me on. I should certainly have a website. So how old is Erwan uh, when he joins the Crypt Diggers? Erwan joined the Crypt Diggers as a young man. I'd say 23, maybe. 23? Yeah, okay. he'd uh, been living a dissolute life before that. Um, but in the Crypt Digger company, he, f- he thought he might find find the family he never really had and find mm-hmm. a place in the world and uh, he's so soon after joining up he uh, uh, joined up at the same time as Simeon they you know practically met in the recruiting crew uh, queue even uh, for the Crypt Diggers and were frog marched to the same camp and um, put together for a team to uh, uh, undertake what, in retrospect, it is now clear was an extremely dangerous 
uh, mission that should not have been entrusted to green recruits. Erewhon steps into a room whose walls are shining with amethysts and crystals. In front of him is his one remaining companion, Simeon. The three other members of the party having succumbed to the explosions in an attempt to save the, the lives of the two young recruits. Simeon turns to Erewhon, his eyes bright with fear. The bombs. The, the, the tunnel caved in, Erewhon. I, I don't think we're going to... I don't think there's a way out. It's just a matter of time before he comes for us. Simeon. We've got to stay calm. I don't, I don't think I can. I don't think I can do it. Simeon, it's not about the crypt anymore. We've got to get out of here, and we're not going to get out of here unless you keep a cool head. We're three. We're three stories up, Harrowell. We can't even jump out of the window. Just hold on there. Don't move. Don't make a sound. Uh, do you want to roll an observation check? <coughs> Ooh, I've rolled a 12. Wow, it's a 12. Beautiful. So, Erwan takes stock of his surroundings. His panicked comrade stares into the distance in fear. So you find yourself in a room whose walls are adorned with these amethysts and crystals. There's no furniture in this room. There are some chalk scribbles on the floor, some circles, some symbols. Uh, there is a loose stack of papers in the corner, uh, which a wind has completely disrupted and the result is that there are sheets of paper strewn here and there across the room what exactly is erwan looking for erwan is looking about at any sort of trigger for a trap that might uh indicate their position to the wizard and set on explosion okay uh roll a wit check hey not bad you've rolled an 11 and erwan well, it doesn't really matter what Erewhon's modifier is, but do you remember what it uh, is? Wit, his modifier is one. Okay, so another 12. Healthy rolls. All right, so Erewhon is able to identify that some of these innocuous-looking symbols on the floor, some of which are, like, partially scrubbed out, perhaps to um, make it seem as if they're placed at random, uh, but you spot that there are several of these which are intact and which would no doubt... Cause, ex- cause the floor to explode um, if stepped upon. Um, there are similar symbols on the walls, variously triangles, squares, uh, but all with a particular rune which Erewhon uh, is able to pick out and which he thought to have spotted just before the last explosion, but a little too late. Um, so you've spotted all the places in the room to obviously avoid, although the papers mean that there could easily be some such uh, hidden if you're not careful about how you step about. Simeon, I need you to listen very carefully to me. You see these runes, these drawings on the floor and walls. I think these are to do with the explosions. Okay, I, I, I trust you. So you need to move slowly and you need to avoid going anywhere near those drawings or those runes or making any impact on them. If you do, you're dead. Okay, but that's not a plan. How are we going to get out of here? Look, I don't... 
there, there's a window on either side, but, but, but like I said, we're three stories up. We can't just... There's nothing. There's no rope. There's no curtains. I, how are we going to get out of here? Just let me think about this. You, do, you don't have... Just so it's clear, you don't have rope. Right. Um, in, in fact, you have very little of um, your possessions left because you essentially had to drop your bag. Neither of you is particularly experienced in carrying equipment for long periods of time. And in order to run from the explosion, um, your superior officer told you to just drop everything and run. One more thing. Uh, there is, since you rolled an observation check of 12, it's unfair that I wouldn't have mentioned this, there is a trapdoor in the ceiling, which is not obviously booby-trapped, but there could be anything above it. Okay. So, run me through the objects that are in the... They're the papers in the room, they're the, the sort of the runes on the floor and the walls. Yeah. Um, Indeed. Was there any, any other objects, furniture, that I missed? Okay, there's there's no furniture, mm-hmm. and as Simeon mentioned, there's there are no curtains. Yes, but I can tell you a little bit more about the building that you're in, okay. or the the kind of wizards complex. So, this is a house of a residence, uh, an abode, a hovel. Uh, what? Give me a good word for where a wizard lives. A wizard's. Uh... Domain? So Domain? A lair? Yeah, lair uh, was a tower. That's not a tower, that's the not thing. Not a tower. Um, it's, it's kind of a tower. It's, it's a building carved into an um, outcropping of rock. So you're in some yes. cliffs. Part of the cliff juts out, and into this cliff has been carved this, this residence. So... You're on the inside of a cliff. Uh, there is a window on either side of the room, which is the span of the, of the cliff at this point. Um, so you came up from some stairs that kind of went deeper, which came from deeper inland, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But those stairs are uh, blocked off by the explosion that you barely managed to escape. But that does mean that because the cliff juts out into the ocean, if you jumped out of the window, even though it's three stories, there's a chance of you surviving. Okay, so how might I maximize the chances of survival? <laughs> what would Erwan do? What would Erwan do? I think. Okay, um, you, you, yeah. you, you spend a few minutes looking around, thinking, desperately avoiding these, these runes. And Simeon has been staring at you and begins to realize that you don't have a plan. And he says, uh, I, think, I think I have an idea. And he gingerly steps around the room and goes to the window to go and, and look outside. And he says, there's no way that a wizard as powerful as Mark or the Dread would risk getting trapped in a in his own lair like this, like we've been trapped. Maybe there's a way down outside this, outside the window, or, or maybe, and he looks up at the trapdoor, maybe there's something, some kind of ladder or, or ropes up here. 
give me, give me a leg up, would you? Okay, but be careful. And so, would I take a brawn check? Sure. All right. Not bad again. Nine. Plus That's a plus two. Two, I guess. Mm. Yeah. You heft Simeon um, up by by his foot, and he scrabbles on the ceiling, and you hear a bolt being removed, the, the clink of a bolt being removed. And then you hear a clockwork sound whirring. Roll a wit check. Okay. Oh. Seven. Not so good. Wit of one, so eight. An eight. Unfortunately, that's not quite good enough. Realising what that sound must mean, yet another of Markor the Dreads explosive traps. You drop Simeon, and he falls down vertically um, once his leg is no longer supported. That on its own wouldn't be a problem, but for the fact that as he drops to the ground, he falls backwards um, using a shoulder to break the fall, and inadvertently activates one of the symbols that you identified on the floor. And both the clockwork and the symbol, which glows a deep purple um, as soon as Simeon touches it, produce this whining sound that goes up in pitch very steeply, a sound that you have, within the past 24 hours, learned to dread. And the room explodes. Can I take a witch check to see if how I react to how, how I've sort of reacted to the sound of the um, impending explosion? Or does that is you know that what? covered by the witch check I just did? No, I'm going to do a witch check on Simeon's behalf. Oh, he got a, t- a two. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Simeon is fucked, as he always was. I mean, that yeah. does that does kind of retroactively justify his. Um, his behavior but yeah sure roll roll another wit check to see if you manage to scramble at least far enough out the way to take some cover for okay no you experience the explosion about a quarter of a second of the explosion and you're out cold um you're just far enough away uh that you just get blown backwards into the um into the stairwell that is partly collapsed behind you a couple of hours later you awaken in a mostly collapsed corridor. You make your way out of the gloom and you come across pieces of your former friend, Simeon Angerfunkel, strewn across the room. Roll a grip check. All right. Just take it in your stride. So you, you, you've rolled a 10. Plus I mean, obviously no you knew well, what uh, the outcome of this, mm. explosion, of this explosion, of this explosion <laughs> would be. <laughs> Surveying the scene, you see that from the trap door, the ceiling is, is mostly intact. Uh, but from this trap door, a long rope ladder uh, is unfurling. And just spooling on the floor in front of you. 
in the area that has been cleared by these explosions. So, uh, using my um, sword at a, mm-hmm. as far a distance as possible, I'm using the flat of the sword, placing that on the rope ladder, and then gently sort of tugging down to see if there's any um, pulling down and test its strength, as it were, and test if uh, there's anything triggered by that. There's nothing triggered by it. Um, it is attached in the in the room above, so that it can also be used to access the the loft space. So, very slowly and cautiously, um, Arawan takes the uh, rope ladder and begins to climb. All right. Many moments later, you find yourself in a much cozier space. It's not a big room, but there is some plush furniture, a bookcase full of books, and not wizard's books, just fiction, some novels that you recognize. And in one corner is, a, is an ornate cuckoo clock. And as you pull yourself into this room, which is completely empty, the front face of the cuckoo clock opens and out comes a cuckoo. But in place of the cuckoo's voice, a different sound rings out. In that attic, alone, Erewhon stares at the cuckoo clock as a bell chimes. So to recap, last time you entered a cave uh, which had smooth, shiny walls and floors and ceilings, and you could see towards the back of the cave some kind of yellow glow, Uh, and as you've tried to move forward in the cave, you've been spotted by some unpleasant-looking wolves of unnatural proportions. And where we left it, in fact, uh, one such wolf was scrabbling up the wall of the cave and had opened its jaws to reveal a glob of yellow ectoplasm that was being fired, if I recall correctly, at Victor von Thorn. Yes. Yes, I was going to block using my shield. Um, of course. That, naturally, no doubt. Uh, everyone should make an initiative roll. Okay. All right. So here's what we've got. I'll roll. I'll roll one as well. There's currently only one wolf in the running. Um, and you need to add your wit modifiers. So. T- I have none. T- tell me in turn what you got. Six for me. Okay. Five. And I got a two. 
and then six. Caradon, five. Erewhon got a two, was it? Uh, Victor got a three. Three. And the wolf, the wolf, got a four. So, first in the order is Anchor. So, just to establish what Anchor is experiencing right now, she heard behind her as she proceeded through into the darkness of this tunnel, Victor stumble a little and make a little too much noise and draw the attention of a wolf. So, you just heard the wolf padding over. And you can just about see it from where you are. Oh, should we? Should should we? Should we make a plan? I don't want to act alone. You know, I just I just joined. The group, I? So, so so this hasn't seen us. Oh, it has. It's all. It's already like. Ah. We're in combat. Preparing. We've rolled initiative. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I was confused. No right. time for strategy. Um, well, well, I have a shield. Um, I've got a kite shield. It's rubbish at rubbish at flying, but give it. Good for defending. Unfortunately, so. you're not very witty, so you don't get to use it yet. That's true. I reckon with five of us, no, four of us, I was counting the wolf then. <laughs> um, four, <laughs> he's going to kill himself. Um, with, with the four of us, I reckon we could take this one wolf and there's one left to deal with. Um, so beware, though, there are other wolves visible but drowsy or sleeping. Behind the one that is attacking you. Well, that changes things. How about this? Since I have a bow, mm -hmm. long bow, uh, if if you if some of you deal with the first one, which is closer to I don't know who is who according to roll to any map, but maybe I can have an angle because I'm the fire symbol. You know, I I can I can. Try it. Uh, to yeah. Shoot it. Yeah. Okay. Why doesn't Erwan, as the tank, run at the wolf and then we all run away? The first rule of wolf hunting is you never take them from the front. You've got to encircle them, split the pack, divide them, and pick them off one by one. <laughs> Just like a tank. Okay. So what's the plan? Um. Anchor's attacking with her long way. Go, go, go. Yeah, Anchor pulls uh, an arrow and tries to aim the wolf behind the wolf closer okay. to make, us. Make an attack roll. Uh, which is D3? It D2? is 3D6. d 6 these cryptogers and their dice. I suppose you will require me to elucidate. It's quite simple, really. Every man, woman, and lupine monstrosity on this earth lies somewhere on a scale of how easily they can be made to bleed. In combination, two of those three dice must breach that threshold. And the other determines how severe the damage will be. Naturally, that is assuming that one has the fortune to hit the thing at all. 3d6, okay. Uh, and I don't have my book with me. Uh, okay, doesn't, doesn't matter. 
<laughs> I can ro- I can roll two sixes on a five, um, which de- definitely hits this wolf, uh, critically so, in fact. Um, so, Ben, could I ask you to get the reference table up? All right, then, an injury roll. Uh, please roll a d3 and a d6. Um, so to clarify what's happening, uh, Oka rolled a critical hit for Anchor, uh, which means that the wolf takes an extra effect from its injury. Not only does it take um, lose six points of vigor, uh, it also... She rolled a three and a four. With a three and a four, the wolf will lose d3 grip. Oh. Oh. The wolf loses grip. That's right, yes. The wolf will lose D3 grip, even though it's not a grip digger but a monster. What? I didn't know wolves had grip. Excellent. Okay, so here's the here's the outcome. Um, just as this wolf is about to vomit up this yellow slime in Victor's direction, uh, Anka is quick on her feet, spins around in a, a single fluid motion, um, knocks an arrow into the bow, and shoots it with an arrow landing squarely in its jaw and knocking its face to the side. Since you're closest to this wolf, uh, Josh, aka Victor, you see in its eyes, its eyes previously were were this glazed over, almost honeyish yellow. And it wasn't apparent whether it was aware, but you see flickering in its eyes just a hint of fear of being attacked out of the dark, out of the unknown. And it doesn't come back up. It rolls over, and then with this arrow still hanging out of its jaw, it turns around and whining that um, discordant whine that you heard as as it growled at you previously, um, it pads away towards the back of the cave. I had him, you know. Um, but a good shot, I suppose. It doesn't seem to awaken the other two wolves as it heads back towards the back of the cave. Maybe I should bellow a little quieter. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should just keep going. Could we dispatch with these two other wolves now that they're asleep? Just, you know. Kill, kill them in the well, cradle. A, a direct shot to the head wasn't enough to take out this first wolf. So may, maybe Victor should roll a, a bit of a wit check to, to, to get a better sense of the situation. Yes, that's not my strong... Unbelievable. I rolled 17. How is it possible? 26, okay. I failed. You did fail. All right. <laughs> Uh, Victor is very confident of the possibility of a swift and efficient victory against the wolves. Well, keeping in character, so am I. Um, I should probably align with my character. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I think we should. I think we should stab the wolves that are still asleep while they're you know asleep. Uh, just to clarify, it's not it's so not necessarily clear from this map, uh, but you are about six feet up. The, the ledge that you're on is six to eight feet above oh. the 
lower part. That's how the wolf wasn't able to directly pounce at you um, because it was, right. it was lower down in the lower region of this cave. I, I see now. I remember you saying last time. Yeah, okay. Um, th- th- then, I, then I won't do that. Then I probably won't jump down. I, I guess um, we'll just continue up the corridor. Even... Careful now. You should never take a wolf pack from the front. You've got to be clever with them. Encircle them, split them up, and take them down one by one. Okay, well, I bow to your superior knowledge, good sir. That's the voice of experience there. All right. So, to remind the listeners of the layout, um, as they entered the cave, there were three tunnels ahead of them, two of them uh, with a view out onto this open area that the wolves are in. Uh, They chose the middle of the three options which beyond the ledge where they had the view over the chamber where the wolves were resting, uh, there was a darker tunnel that continued onwards. Uh, so, Carradine Gaspence leads the way. I'd like you all to roll observation checks. Observation. Ah. <laughs> well, at least one of us has eyes. Which view is it? Well, can you it's can Anchor. you see? Anchor has eyes. Who is it at the back? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I have Anchor, eagle eyes. Okay, did you decide which icon you were going to be? The flame one, because it was matching with my name. The flame, that's what I thought. Oh, I assumed that the bagel. Uh, was uh, no, everyone is the experienced bagel believer. Uh, okay. It still looks like a sprinkled donut to me. He's had he's had a, had a few nibbles taken out of him over the years. Well, exactly. I think it is a donut as well. Haven't we all? Okay, so proceeding, proceeding through this tunnel, it quickly gets very dark indeed, uh, because the only light source in the cave before this point was the glowing goo towards the back, and you're heading through a part of the cave which isn't so lit. And so it's only when Anka nearly trips over something in the dark uh, that she looks down to see a leg. Uh, unmistakably a shoe attached to a leg, attached to more. Roll a grip check. <laughs> Which is? 2d6? It's 2d6 plus your will. I'm glad I couldn't see anything. Yeah, glad I'm fucking blind now. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Um, if I remember it right, I, I have plus two. Nope. No one. Plus, plus zero, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, that means you lose a point of grip, which I'm definitely keeping track of. Up, up here for now. <laughs> so, um... I'll, I'll write something. Anka, realizing, uh, even as she is stumbling over this limb, uh, what she's witnessing uh, lets out a stifled gasp, which alerts the other three to the presence of this uh, of this corpse. Well, I guess the people immediately in front and in front of and behind uh, Anka at least would be alerted. So I guess you should, in fact, all take witch witch checks, not witch checks, grip checks, oh, grip checks. I'll take a witch check. <laughs> Don't I mind if I, I stand do. Better chance with grip. <laughs> Oh yeah, got a nine. 
but not stirred. All right, a little bit, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I got eight it. plus one. There's nine. It's all my fault. Again, Victor doesn't really give a crap. Like he's, he's seen dismembered limbs. Um, he's a man of the world. I scored a scored a nine, so my grip on reality is just holding. <laughs> okay, so again, there's not much light here, uh, but uh, Victor very bravely um, reaches out and feels around uh, beyond the leg that uh, the anchor almost tripped over, and uh, what do I feel? Is disturbed but not perturbed to discover that there isn't <laughs> a a whole corpse here. Uh, in fact, there's little more than a pair of legs resting against the, the wall. In fact, I should draw on on the map where poor man's legless. Wait, is is the hand missing? Well, there's a lot is more the than the hand missing. missing. Oh. It's, it's little more than a pair of legs. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Resting against this yeah. this wall, the rest of this person's corpse having been torn asunder and dragged away. Yeah. Who's run off? Whoever this, whoever, <laughs> yeah, whoever this chap is, he's not going anywhere. Is it the farmer boy? I, I possible? don't know what a farmer's legs look like. I mean, it, it could be what kind of. What, we should have yeah, asked. We should have asked the guy remember? what his son's legs look like while we had it. What, what, what pair of trousers is he wearing? Is he like? Is this a rich man? Is this a um, labourer? Vic, Victor feels the the trousers. Um, it's a loose burlap pair of trousers. Nothing fancy. Uh, the shoes are similarly simple leather. Um, they're not a rich man's clothes. But there's not yet much more that you can tell from that. Uh, is the hem of the trousers worn and tattered, like someone's been working in a field? Uh, it's quite dark. May maybe. I mean, no, they're not. They're not especially worn. But it's hard to know if that's because they're just recently bought trousers, or because the man didn't walk walk a lot. Yes. Well, I think I think it was probably a peasant. Uh, so, can I yeah. search the pockets? Are there pockets? Shit happens. There are pockets. Can I search them? You can. I think that's rather, uh, rather indignous. Are there any sheep in the pockets? There's a pebble in the pocket. In one of the pockets, the other one is empty. Uh, a classic shepherd's pebble. <laughs> it's a bit dark for you to inspect the pebble. What do you do with it? Um. Lick it. All right. It tastes like um, panic sweat. Oh, okay. <laughs> panic sweat. Does, does that taste different to Very other kinds specific, of sweat? Specific. Is it salty? Well, like it, it's salty, but also there's a like distinct smell of body odor on this pebble, as if it's been gripped very tightly by a, 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 an extremely sweaty hand. Mm. Okay. I learned a lot from that. Good. Should we move on? <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay. We found a pebble. Well done, guys. This, this adventure's paying for itself. <laughs> the great bounty of uh, the cave pebble. Indeed. All right. So um, moving swiftly on, 
uh, Caradan still leaving, still leading the way. I'm I'm gonna draw my sword at this point. All right. And suggest that now is the time to light the torch. Oh, the the pebble's not made of charcoal. It's gonna be. I don't think you're gonna be able to draw anything with it. You could like scratch. Yeah, where are you drawing drawing the sword? Like onto the wall of the cave? Um, just onto whoever's nearest. Yeah, you can take my slate. Oh. Oh, thank you. Every cryptic has to carry a slate. It's important to be able to sketch out, you know, battles, maps, distinctive scenes, <laughs> uh, anything that you need to record. Well, I never. Record for posterity. And if you do that on paper, you know, it can get wet in the dank of the cave or when you're crossing through water. Old school. But a slate, uh, a slate will remain. Okay, well. Good yeah, I might, I might edit that bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brutal. <laughs> what are you talking about? That was hilarious. <laughs> you learn a lot about digging technicalities. Uh, okay, we'll see. <laughs> there were some good outtakes from last time. From <laughs> there was a whole bit where we Can't talked about 127 hours. <laughs> oh no, I left that. Okay. In. that. That was the best bit. <laughs> 127 minutes <laughs> straight off. It did take us almost that long to record it. Um, <laughs> so uh, you you right. come across uh, you you can't help but notice this because uh, as the tunnel opens out into a larger chamber beyond. There's a faint glow from some some rubble to the to the right, and a, a much brighter glow uh, reflecting off the walls from the the chamber c- coming out to the left. Um, and in this dim light, you observe some rotted wood. It seems like it was held together previously by some some old rope that's completely frayed and come apart. And you your foot hits this piece of rotted wood just in time to stop you from falling over another one of those um, ledges. So you've come to a eight or nine foot drop. So like a, like a fence? No, no, it's more like there's a, f- a few pieces of well, not exactly planks, more like uh, thin logs um, on the ground just before this ledge. And looking over the ledge, you see that there are some more down below, including some some longer ones. Um, roll roll a wit check. This could have been a a bridge or something. Uh, I guess that's eleven for me. Oh, you don't all, you don't all have to roll one. It's fine. It's just... Oh, just just Caradon yeah. this time. I mean, he's at the front, so yeah. Uh, so Caradon works out that there used to be a, a ladder heading down uh, off this ledge, but that it's completely come apart or maybe just been affected by the acidic slime that is present almost everywhere in this cave, but in any case it's no longer serviceable. You know what, I reckon it used to be a ladder. Okay, well, good to know. Uh, <laughs> 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 that was a quite a long, awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can edit around it as well. <laughs> no, keep it in, keep it in. Um, well, good thing, uh, you know, I was prepared. I, I brought a rope. All right. So, um, you know, we could always hang ourselves. 
Classic cryptic humor. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? <laughs> okay, so we, <laughs> we're going to climb down. I have an additional rope. I have a rope. Rope today, it's okay. Um, do, can, we, can we see anything? Can anyone see anything down there? They might be lurking in the shadows. We have a torch. I, I, I think I have a uh, torch, so I can give to the person yeah, who's pass, pass it down to Carradine. He's, uh, he's got good eyes. There you go. All right. Okay, I'll light the torch. Okay, it doesn't immediately have the same effect as when you tried to light it previously. Um, you do see in the fresh illumination on the ceiling, um, you see that the slime kind of spreads, is spreading outwards on the ceiling, like there's this distinctive yellow color coming across the ceiling from the left, but it's kind of patchy, and you can hold the torch in, in this area of the tunnel that you're in uh, to avoid accidentally heating it up and getting these acidic drips landing on you. Um, you just have to keep an eye above your head. I'm going to gingerly raise my shield over my head. With the extra light, you do see to the right um, some chunks of limestone. So you see a chunk of limestone which similarly seems to be covered in, uh, in slime. You can tell that because it's glowing slightly. But its surface is almost entirely smooth. It's like a, a, a big, smooth, egg-shaped piece of rock. Um, which, but you can see in the wall where this chunk of limestone used to be. Right, so it's been removed. And then... Yeah, it's, it's like a, a big chunk's fallen out of the wall, at, but it's now completely smooth from being dissolved somehow. Right. I mean, you know, you know more or less how, but... Yeah. Someone's licked it. All right, you still haven't gotten down from this ledge. It's a, yeah, I know okay. it's a very tricky puzzle that I've set for you guys, but... You know, we're just we're just starting out, and I need you to I need you to know that the puzzles <laughs> I hit you with are going to be challenging. Okay. Okay, good to know. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, can, can we place portals on the yellow surfaces, or are they the the ones? That can't <laughs> <put portals on? laughs> now you're thinking with crypts. <laughs> I mean, it's it's only like a eight or nine feet, right? We could just hang off the ledge and drop, right? Um, that is true. Yeah, I don't think we need rope. Sure. Um, I mean, I personally am quite tall. So is your character? Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Okay then, after you. We'll uh, keep watch. One cryptica trick that I picked up in my time is if you're jumping off, off a reasonably high ledge and you want to break your fall, then roll when you hit the ground and that will allow you to break any fall, no matter how high. I, I have heard that. I mean, I was just going to hang off the, not in that way, but I was just going to hang off the, the ledge and just drop down. I think, I think doing a roll would be quite cool. Um, can, I just, can, can I just point one, one thing out? It is that the, the walls are quite, I, I suppose I did say it was only an eight or nine foot. That's short enough that you could jump pretty high and be able to grab the ledge if you wanted to get back up, I suppose. But it means that you wouldn't be able to get back up in a hurry. Yeah, let's let's leave let's leave a uh, a length of rope just to, to get out. There's an escape route. Um, All right. Uh, okay, is there anything around? Is there any rock jutting out? 
or um no even here even though there's no no signs of um there's no there's no fresh slime sign yeah <laughs> the walls are nonetheless very smooth okay uh, at best that the tunnel was a bit narrower further back and even though they the rope that was holding them together is is rotted in the light of the torch you can see the the wood itself still seems reasonably sturdy okay victor uh, ties his rope to the end of the ladder or the yeah where the ladder was anchored and lets it drop into the dark um all right no I, okay maybe i wasn't clear um it's not that the pieces of wood are anchored into into the stone or anything i'm saying they're good planks they're not attached to anything they're just decent planks that you could use in an ingenious way to solve oh. this devious puzzle that i've set for you kind of a bridge what, what? <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna drop down all right roll a witch check please for, for dropping off a ledge yep okay you uh, drop and you roll, and this dry wood um, at the, uh, directly underneath this ledge uh, is knocked to the side noisily, um, although you're unharmed. In the distance, or you're not sure exactly how far away, you hear some footsteps, or perhaps the padding of a wolf. Good thing we set up here with a rope. Yeah, how exactly are you setting up the rope? Um, I didn't understand. Well, I thought you meant there was like a post somewhere that I could attach it to, um, but you're just saying there are planks. Yep. Um, Here's a possible solution that I've used many times in my crib digging adventures. You tell. How about we take the planks of wood, stack them so they're reinforced, and then tie the rope around them, and then taking them further back into the cave where the walls are narrower. We should be able to um, hold, uh, place it so that when pulled on, it'll catch against the walls, and you'll be able to climb back up that way if the rope is long enough. Oh, ingenious puzzle! You've you've solved my broken ladder puzzle. Congratulations! Well, Ben's genius. Well done. All right, but can you help me up first? Because there's a wolf down here. Yes. Well, okay, we'll do it this time, but uh really should have thought about that. I don't want to be doing this every time we jump down a ledge. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm gonna check down my rope and uh gank up. Alright, give me a give me a sweet, sweet brawn check, please. Please don't insult me. I'm Victor von Thorn. That's that's nine plus two is eleven. I I I nearly dislocate his arm. You hoist you hoist him. <laughs> <laughs> hoist. God, I feel so hoisted right now. Yeah, you should. That's a classic von Thorn so hoist. Hoisted right now. <laughs> so hoisted right now. Um. Okay. Cool. So you you swiftly pull um pull Caradon back up, just as around the corner turns a one of these wolves and. The light doesn't seem to bother it. It doesn't pay any attention to the torchlight. Uh, it just goes over to, um, to this rock 
and begins to lick it. I knew it. Uh, you did? It is honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just licking away at this, at this rock. Um, and you can see that with each lick, there's, I mean, wh- where it's licking, there is a trace of this yellow slime. Gross. Oh, Gross. so it's reverse honey. Reverse honey. Yeah. Delicious. Okay. Uh, are you going to do anything, or are you just going to watch, <laughs> enjoy the spectacle? Well, I mean, one of us has a boat, right? Arawan is going to take out his slate and start sketching the scene from nature. <laughs> <laughs> I told you we cut the bit about the slate. <laughs> Can't now. <laughs> Um, oh god, you're going to mention the slate so much that I'm going to have to keep it all in. <laughs> I, I like the slate. I don't... I think Jamie was too harsh. I think it's incredible considering, like, how our first campaign went. Um, how in the second episode Dr. Sweet Cheeks was introduced and one of the first things he did was sketch a horrific scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a callback. To people... <laughs> It's a callback to that private campaign that everyone will be following. He's changed the art of crypt digging forever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Mr. Tank, your your anchor idea. Sorry, sorry, not to be confused with uh, you, fair maiden. Uh, uh, Your anchor. uh, Yes, your plank plank and rope. All right, it's fine. I've I've already drawn it. It's it's done. You you solved the puzzle. Okay, we've done it. All right, fine. No more need for deliberation. I just need to know how you're going to handle this wolf. Um, I, I mean, anchor shoot it. We have a bow, right? So you're going to attack it? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm, I'm, Anke is still in shock. You know that this is her first journey as a cryptiger, first adventure, and she, she just saw a dead body, yeah. a corpse. Do you want to talk about it? Or... No, he, she's in shock, but she can oh, shoot. The yeah, I should, I should remind you that these wolves are like pretty grim looking. Like they're misproportioned. They have these huge, much larger than ordinary wolf rib cages. And the way they breathe is it, it expands and contracts every six seconds or so, like billows stoking a flame. Well, they need all, all that space to store the honey. I don't, I don't think this is a Okay, honey. Uh, so it's the reverse. Anti-honey. Yeah, no. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Okay, I mean, um, everyone knows. Aika, do you want to give me an, uh, another attack roll for Anchor? Okay, so Anchor Anchor's target is the lungs. Okay, you're, you're aiming so, for this ribcage. Okay, it's not. Oh boy. It hasn't gone well. <laughs> put it that way. So it would be a five plus. Uh, is a ranged weapon. Ranged weapons a wit, I think. Um, so this would be a five plus three, which is enough to hit it, but you don't manage to hit its ribcage. Uh, it just plinks off the, the back and, and nicks this wolf's spine. And the wolf stops licking and sharply turns around uh, and looks for the source of, of this assault. Uh, and I 
I imagine you would have repositioned so the anchor is at the front and has a clear shot. Um, and the wolf sees anchor in, in the torchlight and begins scrabbling at this ledge. And it, at first, makes a, a vertical leap uh, and its jaws just clear the top of the ledge. Um, but it seemed to be expecting the wood to be in a slightly different position. Um, and so it doesn't immediately get up on top of the ledge. But you do hear this two-tone discordant whine um, as it prepares to, to, to make a second leap onto this ledge. Can we move forward and I, try and I've, bop it on the side? I have a spear, so that might be quite good at striking down to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make way, make way! So next in the order would be Caradon, which makes sense because you're also next in the order in which you're all stood. Hmm. How convenient. All right. So I'll walk up with my sword drawn and wait for the the um, wolf to appear over the top of the uh, the ledge. Okay, do you want to preemptively roll an attack roll? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Jamie rolled. Also, it's a light light weapon, which is wit, so I get a plus two, but minus one damage. Okay, so plus two means... Uh, the five and the one is enough, uh, so you get four damage. Okay, so as the wolf jumps up for a second time, this time getting a paw over the ledge, uh, Caradon strikes down and uh, slashes the accessible limb um, all the way down the inside, uh, and the discordant whine turns into a whimper as the... Um, wolf that was trying to get a grip uh, on the side of the sledge uh, stumbles back down for a second t- a time. Next in the order is... Uh, yeah, Victor. Um, right, yeah. I, with my long spear, I um, yeah, thrust downwards uh, and try and hit the wolf. All right. And uh, it looks like a do. Uh, I've got plus two. It <laughs> looks like I do. <laughs> plus two, Braun? Yeah, plus, plus two. Okay, so you wow. You rolled a five or one on a five. I haven't been explaining very well, but I'm sure Jamie's going to put in a, a, a wonderful interlude to explain exactly how, uh, oh, yeah. how attacking works. Uh, but the long and short of it is that Victor thrusts downwards with a spear, and even though he wasn't peering over the ledge to take a to take careful aim, um, he strikes true and hears uh, the discordant whine of this wolf cut off and it is replaced by a, a defiant growl. Ah. You're not sure exactly where you hit this wolf, but you felt meat. Hoo-hoo. Right in the kisser. Finally, Arawan. So, Arawan uh takes one of his two hand axes and hurls it over arm at the wolf. Okay. You you rolled a four, a one, and a five. Um, Unfortunately, the wit of one is not enough to make the hit with just the one and the five. So uh, with the four and the five, you manage to achieve one damage. Um, oh, I've just realised that Nifty 
Who's nifty? But, but Caradon's damage was one less. Okay, cool. So the, the axe just chops off the, the end of this wolf's tail. There you go, Crypt Diggers. Now we've got a tale to tell. And that seems to be the last straw. <laughs> uh, the wolf isn't dead, uh, but the growling stops. And it backs away, deciding that this is too much of a challenge for it to face alone. And it slinks uh, back the way it came, limping as it goes, uh, heading towards the left, where the the brightest glow is is coming from deeper in the cave. Congratulations. You're awesome. You've fended off another wolf attack. But still not dead, so just lots of pissed off wolves. Still not dead. Ah, come back and fight! Do do you actually does Victor actually shout that? I I think it's in character for him too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the wolf does not come back. Wow! You hear your voice echoing through the cave. Come on, are you a man or a mouse? Well, you're you're neither. Technically. Um, Victor hears someone deeper in the cave challenging him, shouting, "Come on, are you a man or a mouse?" Now wait, just a, oh, hang on. I have zero wit, by the way. Just... <laughs> <laughs> FYI. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say that the whole party tentatively makes it down the ledge after there's no... after waiting for a moment or maybe several minutes to make sure that there's nothing immediately coming back to get them. And having climbed down this carefully prepared rope, um, you get a view in two directions. First of all, you see in this larger chamber to, to the left, there is nothing less than a slow-flowing stream of this glowing yellow goo. And you, you realize upon seeing it that this is the main light source that you were glimpsing uh, in, from the other chamber. Anka, Erewhon, and Caradon are able to deduce that this stream must have flowed through the other chamber as well, but Victor is still a bit busy trying to <laughs> figure out who could have been challenging his um, <laughs> challenging his knighthood. So <laughs> The other thing you see uh, is where these limestone chunks have fallen off the wall and been licked smooth by these wolves. There is a passageway that has just about opened up. So there's these smooth limestone rocks, and you can see that um, they had formerly collapsed into a passage that doesn't look natural. I mean, none of this cave looks natural. Mm-hmm. No caves are naturally this smooth. But you see traces of man-cut stone. Oh, not wolf-cut stone. Not, not wolf-cut stone, but man-cut stone. Um, beyond where these limestone chunks have, have collapsed. Interesting. Uh, is the space in between, the space that's been carved between rocks, is that big enough for a wolf to get through? It doesn't seem like it. Like, you'd have to... You're going to have to squeeze. Kind of go, go squeeze through, but it's, it wouldn't be challenging. You wouldn't, it's not like you'd have to take off your armour or anything. So um, there's, there's enough space between these rocks to get through, but the, the wolves would almost definitely be too wide uh, to get through, at least easily. Yeah, I suppose we can't really go forwards because that's blocked off by the acid river. 
Yeah, okay, so j just to be clear, because I haven't painted the same picture that you have in front of you, um, beyond the Acid River, which is, uh, let's say, six feet wide, since I've, I'm describing everything in, in feet, um, it's not so wide that you couldn't possibly jump it, it's just wide enough that you could fail to clear it if you tried to jump right. it. Um, but beyond that is the opening is, is an opening into uh, yet another chamber, which is less well lit. Um, the stream comes flows from the left to the right as you're looking at it, and you more or less saw the wolf uh, departing towards the okay. left. To the right, there seems to be a possible path, although it gets very mm. narrow um, on the near side of this goo stream. What's a, what's a good name for a goose? Uh, a gream. A gream. No, I found the gream. No. Uh, I mean, it is it is grim, so I I guess there yeah. is almost a a pun, a pun there. A slunge. A goover. Sl <laughs> I quite like that one. A slunge. All right, so um, you have a few options for which way to go. Oh. Uh, I think we should go through the non-wolf traversable passage. Why are you afraid? Yeah. Says Victor. Cool. Kind of afraid. <laughs> no. I just think if if there was a shepherd boy in here and he managed to escape or, you know, crawl away without the use of his legs, he'd probably Good come through. Good thinking. That. Good thinking, Mr. Caradan. Okay. You head through. Um conveniently they're all the slime on the ceiling, which would have prevented you from bringing your torch with you if you'd headed towards the left, um, it doesn't seem to extend into this passageway. And so you can keep your torch lit as you proceed. And that's the other reason. Um, so, beyond the limestone rubble is a chamber. And once again, you come across some, what, some rotted wood. Um, but this wood is a lot more obviously uh, was once a door whose hinges have completely rusted away uh, and the, the door has, has fallen over. There's nothing more than pieces of it left now. The space that you ent enter is indeed a human-constructed corridor. There's evidence that there was once some kind of carpet here, especially in the, as you arrive in a second chamber uh, a little bit further on. Um, but there's also evidence of some kind of explosion, which has marked the rocks in, in the first chamber that you enter, a sooty black, and seems to explain how the, uh, how the limestone rocks were, were dislodged previously. I guess rather than just describing indefinitely, I should ask, A, could you all have uh, some observation check? Yeah. And B, what do you do upon encountering this, this space? Observe. Did you say that it had a carpet? Or did I miss? Uh, yes, there used to be like decorative carpets right. on the walls rather than a oh. carpet on the floor. Or like a, a tapestry type of thing. Are they nice carpets? Um, there's nothing more than, than shreds left. Uh, but it's very brightly coloured, and you would know that having brightly covered, coloured tapestries would require some wealth. 
actual theft. And if so, why are they living down here? <laughs> um, good question. Okay, so, so Caradon rolled a five, not good enough. Anchor rolled a six, not good enough. Victor rolled a seven, not good enough. But Arawan sees all. <laughs> <laughs> so Arawan is the only person who notices that not only are there these sooty marks in the entrance to this man-made space, there's a sooty trail that extends along the corridor leading down in the, in the direction that you're going. And Arawan has this immediate suspicion that he can't quite explain that these are the marks of someone dragging themselves along the floor. <gasps> like a man with no legs would. Guys, I think these are the marks of somebody dragging themselves along the floor. You're not going to start talking about Slate again, are you? Slate? What Slate? I don't have a Slate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, we were wreck on that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm keeping all of this in now. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a tough editorial decision. <laughs> well, that's why you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, we you're... need to find this chapter. Uh, the, the third part of this corridor, um, I should paint a clearer picture for the reader. The reader? There's a corridor which is more like three rooms which are connected by narrow hallways. And you, when you enter the third one, you see two things. One is a door that, unlike the one that you just saw, is nearly intact, although it's undoubtedly just as old. And the second is a small crevice in one of the walls, uh, which it seemed was similarly once covered by some kind of tapestry. But any valuable tapestries that once were here, only shreds of them uh, still remain. Nothing worth taking home with you at any rate. Sure, they would have been beautiful. Such a shame. You, you know what? Um, anchor, roll a wit check. Um, mm. That's good enough, yep. Ten. He rolled a seven, but you have a plus three. Um, so An Anchor works out two things about this room. Uh, one is that this crevice uh, c must connect to the third tunnel that you didn't take previously. Um, she, she works out your rough position in the cave just well enough to, to guess at that. Um, the other thing that she notices is uh, down here on the far wall, the very end of the corridor that you've entered, which was um, perfectly straight. Uh, are some symbols which Anka identifies as writing, um, although it's not writing in a language that you know or recognize. Um, but amongst these symbols is a pictogram uh, of a person sitting on a table or an altar or some kind of surface, and beneath it there are depicted uh, six more people in two rows of three who are well, possibly bowing or possibly have their hands together above their head. It's, it's not clear what the perspective is supposed to be in this depiction um, before this, this person on, in the raised pictogram. 
Are they playing netball? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, but we still don't know whether this person has been dragging themselves. Is. Uh, I suppose we could check down the, the crevice down the corridor if Enkanel knows that that links up with the main chamber that we entered in. Um, yeah, uh, I mean the the crevice is it's not very wide, but like if you if you really needed to get through it, then you possibly and if you could. had no legs, that's like even easier. Uh, but Erwan is totally focused on uh, on this trail and sees that the, that trail that those drag marks. Um, pass through this door uh, that's to the left right. of, from the direction that you entered. Let's... I think we should go through there. I think we need to find... I think we need to yeah, find yeah. whoever was dragging let's, themselves. Let's go through there. Um, all right. Uh, through the door, then. Uh, is it locked? It's, it's not locked. Um, as you push it, you realise that the hinges are slightly the hinges are placed at a slight angle uh, so that the door swings shut back towards you um, after mm-hmm. opening. And Erewhon goes first and is therefore the first to see the remains of a long, long dead person sprawled out on the floor, uh, clearly desperate, desperately trying to reach some other part of this uh, human-made complex. How many legs does this person have? Uh, deep, hidden deep in this cave. Um, and he experiences a, a deep swelling of both dread and sympathy for the plight of this person that he realizes must have been the victim of the explosion that, that caused the cave-in and was desperately trying to reach um, another part of this when they died before they could make it where they were trying to go. Oh. Roll a grip check. All of us? Um, no, just, just arrow one. Okay. That's a, a seven. Okay. Um, so you, you lose one, you lose a grip. Oh. By the bagel. The, the other three of you notice something change in, in Arrowan as he... Uh, as you come through this door and see him inspecting the scene before him. The horror. The horror. You're right. This poor soul. Oh, oh dear. Um, the horror. Come on. Come on, man. Back up. What have you seen? Tell us. And at this point, Arrowan sort of reaches down for his metal bagel that hangs around his neck and holds it up to his face as tears start welling in his eyes. And then he sort of yanks it from his neck, bringing the chain, and lets it fall to the ground. Arowan turns to the party and says, Bagels! There are no bagels! <laughs> oh no. Uh, I mean, I suppose Anchor's especially oh, no. offended by this uh, development. I'm shaken Victor by Victor reaches out and um, tries to put a, a comforting hand on, um, on Arowan's shoulder. And Arawan looks up and looks Victor directly in the eyes. And Victor sees that there is a wild, unbridled horror in Arawan's eyes. There are no pickles! Something's changed. Right, uh, yes, I think you... Come and have, come and have a sit down, Arawan. Yes, that's a, that's a good chap, yeah. Uh, there is only 
The crypt. The horror. The crypt. <laughs> Arawan spins on his heels away from the party and dashes before anyone can so much as uh, reach to stop him. Dashes off into the darkness of the crypt. Um, no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, come on, man. You've got a job to do. And before you can stop him, as he gets more distant from the party, he sort of moves closer to the ground. And by the time that he's faded from their view into the blackness, he's running on all fours. He has become one with the crypt. Have you com- have you completely run out of grip? Is that the? Oh yeah, no, everyone's Ar- gone. He was he was barely holding. Right, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember how much grip you had. <laughs> but he seems Aww. so assured with his talk of his knowledge of wooden plank anchors. His knowledge, his experience. Oh well, you know. And the three of you look at each other, um, shaken by the sudden change that you've witnessed in in your superior officer in this crypt digging endeavor. You look into each other's eyes, and then you look down at the charred remains of what was once a man, and you feel terribly alone. Thank you for listening to Abel Chimes. You can find us at abelchimes.com. You can email us at achimingbell at gmail.com. Or send us a message on Twitter at abelchimes. No, it's the end. Oh, that's it. Oh, I was going to pick up his bagel. Yeah, I was going to pick up the bagel. Maybe we can do that at the beginning of the next episode and sort of pull one out for old Mr. Tank <laughs> as a recap. Oh, wait. Are you becoming a flat Taurus, Otto? No, I just like jewellery and stealing things.